3: Booya!
4: I listen to you guys And it's because of your Youthful attitude
5: What is it Paul I don't even know It's It's sunny and Friday
1: right
5: I <laughs> <ever>. <laughs> Oh my Hi George.
3: Hey buddy It's sunny and Friday Hi David
1: uh, hey, Sunny DJ. and Friday
5: indeed
3: We'll take it right
5: Oh You know, I'm happiest when Mother Nature is not trying to kill me. And so... uh, Amen, brother. Less running and screaming today after a lively Thursday. And we lucked out, relatively speaking, in the Twin Cities metro. That line fizzled as it moved right over the Twin Cities metro. But man, central and western Minnesota, not so lucky. This derecho, and that's what it was yesterday, a boomerang-shaped arc of severe thunderstorms that tracked all the way from Nebraska into Minnesota. Uh, One of the most significant on record for the United States. It traveled 300 miles, a widespread path of damage, mostly straight-line wind damage. 55 separate reports of winds gusting over 75 miles an hour. That's the second most on record in a single day for the United States. And uh, just some crazy wind gusts. Uh, Locky Parle County, out near Madison, near the South Dakota border, one weather station recorded a wind gust to 94 miles an hour, a 94-mile-an-hour gust near Verndale, uh, 80 miles an hour in Florence, 79 Graceville, 78 miles an hour in Marshall, 75 miles an hour in Canby, Fergus Falls, a 73-mile-an-hour wind gust, and 72 miles an hour in Alexandria. The Long Prairie leader has uh, a number of reports of extensive damage in Clarissa, maybe a tornado touchdown between Long Prairie and Sauk Center, other potential twisters around Osakis and Staples. And it was mostly straight-line wind damage, but sometimes these durations can also spin up brief tornadoes. It doesn't matter what you call it. If it takes the roof off your house, it's a big deal. But um, that's over now. And we have a nice, quiet weekend, cooler, drier, too cool and dry for anything severe anytime soon. But, sure, I couldn't help but notice that Wednesday night when I was doing uh, coverage uh, with Maxie and Chris Tubbs, when that first line came through, crazy line of storms, my kids were texting me and saying, Dad, uh, should, should we go to the basement? And so as I'm yeah. trying to... do do live coverage on cco i'm texting my kids yeah you know you might want to just spend a little time in the basement it wouldn't hurt air on the side of safety just in case and uh i think all of us were multitasking but i love my basement i'm pro basement but i'm i prefer to spend most of my spring above ground and um so i'm happy things are simmering down
3: we're texting you like okay you hear the sirens you know, your yeah. father is Paul Douglas. You know what to do. Get your butts in the basement now. You know, I mean, even even me and, and my uh, I was home with my son and my husband and we're looking at each other we're like, OK, basement time. Like once we heard the yeah. sirens, we're like, let's go.
5: If in doubt, we go ahead. to the basement. Yep. Yep.
3: And there were many, many trees down in St. Louis Park. Our power went out. You know, we have we weren't on the air yesterday because of the makeup twins game um, and and. Which, unfortunately, they lost, but we won't go there. Um, We were in the basement. There was lots of damage in the neighborhood, mostly taken care of by the city. But the next day, my kids did not have in-person school because over at Hopkins, the power was out. Their school's actually in Minnetonka. And the power was out, and they couldn't have in-person learning. So they worked from home. And then this morning, as my son is getting ready to go back to school in the bathroom, getting his act together, I get a call from the school, uh, the principal, saying that they will not be having, they have in- asynchronous learning, they will not be having in-person learning once again today, because they were still having intermittent power outages in the high school. So the kids did not go back to school today. They did, um, you know, they just got their assignments from their teachers online, which, again, we're awfully good at post-last year, and that's that's how the kids learn today, because the power is still out around the Minnetonka area.
5: Wow, I know. Quite weird, grief. weird. Pockets David, how'd you guys fare? Yeah, DJ. Well, did the lights stay on?
1: Uh, first off, if if your dad's Paul Douglas, you should absolutely text your dad, even if he's on air. What's the point I of guess. having a dad who's Paul Douglas <laughs> if you can't text uh, him yes. for weather updates? Yeah. So well um i was uh wednesday night when the sirens went off i was at my church i i've done youth ministry at a church in maple grove for a long time and Mm -hmm. it's the first time in 12 or 15 years of doing that that we've had a situation where all of a sudden the alarms go off everyone's phone lights up and we had to go find i mean we have a dozen or more groups spread out around the church and we had to say Everyone's got to go to the basement. There's a gym in the basement yeah. where we could all. And you know, we knew that was the plan, but we'd never executed this before. So there was, you know, a couple hundred kids, and we're counting. You know, okay, let's make sure all the leaders are here, and then the leaders make sure all their kids are here, and we mm-hmm. stayed down there for, um, I think, just under a half an hour or something like that hmm. um, until we kind of yeah. got the all clear. And there was some folks it's that kind of fun monitoring. And yeah, it is kind of as long as nothing happens. Yeah, it's and it's fun. a, you know, it's a big solid building. We're not really worried that it's yeah. going to get carried away or
5: anything. But you- so. You did the right thing, and there's always a hesitation, like it's a sign of weakness to go to the basement. It's not. I think it's a sign of being smart and taking prudent steps. It's like putting on a a Mm seatbelt. There was a tornado Wednesday evening Mm -hmm. in Coon Rapids. It was a small one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Winds were 80 miles an hour. It was 50 yards wide, and it was on the ground for three miles. Mm -hmm. It didn't cause Mm -hmm. significant damage, no injuries, but that stuff that came through Wednesday night, Could have been lethal. All it takes is, you know, one tree falling on you uh, for you to have a bad evening. So you did the right thing.
3: That's a bad evening for sure. You didn't tell them what I texted you.
5: I can't remember. There's so many texts. All the weather
3: was coming through. So I texted, are we all going to (laughs) die? And you said, you texted back. What did I say? At some point, yes, but not tonight.
5: (laughs) 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 Okay. That's true. (laughs) And then we went to the basement. Yeah. (laughs)
3: We'll be back with Tim Lammers
5: next. Now joining Paul and Jordana to talk Hollywood, film reviews, and all things movies. From directconversations.com, it's Tim Lammers. Presented by Bradshaw and Bryant Personal Injury Attorneys. Seeking justice for the injured. Find them at minnesotapersonalinjury.com.
3: She's not a robot, Annie. She's a little girl with little girl emotions, which are wildly unpredictable.
2: Charlie?
1: She just has to shove it down and keep it hidden. Our responsibility is getting her ready. Our responsibility is to protect her. Charlie?
0: If they catch her, they're going to put her in a cage.
4: Charlie?
0: They're going to run tests on her for the rest of her life. we will never see her again.
2: If who catches me? Oh
3: my gosh! Terrifying, terrifying, terrifying! It's a Stephen King's. It's Firestarter. Uh, love Zach Efron, but Tim Lammers. You know I will not be watching this. Even the commercial freaks me out. Hi Tim.
2: <laughs> Hi Jordana. Hi Paul. Uh, look. Hey Tim. Here's the thing. Uh, you know, right around you know, right at the start of when it's really hot outside, things are getting dry. Do we really need a movie called Firestarter? We don't need that. <laughs> Yeah. You know, we're in dangerous True. territory already, and I don't, I don't know if we're ready for a remake of this movie that first came out in 1984, starring Drew Barrymore. You know, oh, I, right. I kind of was scratching my head watching this film, wondering what is the point of this. Um, you know, let's come with something original, but no, people tend to think that you know Stephen King books or remakes of movies based on Stephen King books do well. I. I don't, I don't hold the prospects for this one too high. Certainly not like an it. You know, that was a drastic update. That movie needed updating. I don't know if this one really did, but, yeah, it's an interesting premise. I mean, you have this couple. Zac Efron is the husband. They voluntarily undergo government experiments um, that make them telekinetic. Zac Efron's power is the power of persuasion. His wife is the ability to throw things with her mind, you know, across the rooms and stuff. But this young girl that they have, their baby from the get-go, when she gets angry, has the ability to start fires and violent flames. I mean, and explosions and stuff like that. So, you know, again, it's, to me, the movie watching it, it's just kind of dull and pointless. I mean, I've seen this before. Uh, You know, I I can barely remember the first one. I did see the first one. But if you don't have memories of the first one, you you tend to ask yourself, well, I I, I didn't have a burning desire, so to speak, to see a Uh, remake of it. Uh, You know, it just just wasn't there. And and it just kind of felt flat to me.
5: Hey, Tim, I mean, just stepping back, all these prequels and sequels and the studios playing it relatively safe, it
2: is... I mean, are there any creative ideas out there anymore? I, it, You know, when you see a movie like Firestarter, you just shake your head. You're saying they're going to, again, um, an adaptation that certainly wasn't on the level of Carrie or It's or The Shining or anything like that. I mean, they're really going to, they're kind of, I don't want to put it this way, but you know, first one. You know, it, it obviously, it merited enough attention for them to remake it. But now we're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel looking for remake ideas. Yeah, that tells uh-huh. you that there's something wrong. Another indicator. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to say another again. indicator is the fact that this is debuting in theaters and streaming simultaneously on wow. Peacock TV. So Peacock. that kind of gives you an right. indication of their the feeling they have for box office prospects okay
3: all right tim okay. let's move on to black light starring liam neeson
2: you need to come play gabe
0: you're confused about our relationship you are my weapon you work for me Count me out you show me a little gratitude if you want a normal life my hand is now where's my family Out you had anything to do with my granddaughter disappearing. You're gonna need more men.
5: Liam Neeson, possibly the most typecast actor out there. When I think (laughs) Liam Neeson, I think vigilante (laughs) justice. Is there vigilante justice in this movie, Tim?
2: Uh a little bit. I mean, it's it's not taken part fifteen. But again, he is a government off the books government agent who does possess a very particular set of skills. You know, he's never gotten rid of those. He, he's, he's 70 years old, and mm-hmm. he keeps going into these same tar- types of roles. Um, in this case, he is an off-the-books agent, as I said. He does dirty jobs for the director of the FBI, played by Aiden Quinn. Good to see him again. I haven't seen him in a while. Um, but he has the goods on this secret program that Aiden Quinn's ahead of. Uh, it involves a murder conspiracy, so he's struggling to take action against Uh, his boss, because his boss has the goods on him with this very deadly secret that uh, is in uh, Liam's past. So I like the setup, but ultimately, again, it's just a paint-by-numbers deal, you know, predictable. It's too bad because I really like Liam Neeson, and I really like him in this movie. I mean, he does have... Uh, an engaging personality. Aidan Quinn, again, I haven't seen him in a while. It's like, God, I really like these guys. And you only wish that. Why can't you appear in something more original? Because clearly you have the talent for it. I know you could win doing this. But is it a matter of Hollywood saying, you know, we're done with Liam and this is the only work we're going to give him? I mean, what is it? But uh, I'm longing for those days because it's hit and miss with him. He can make good movies, and he does from time to time. I'm hoping he actually actually shows up in the Obi-Wan series as Qui-Gon Jinn, the spirit of Qui-Gon Jinn. I'm really hoping at least they do that for him because as far as the movie stuff is concerned, it's just not happening.
3: Right, yeah. but we love okay. the voice. And we love Tim Lammers. Thank you for joining us today. Follow him on his social media, uh, Tim Lammers Reviews, and you can always uh, we always retweet all of these segments. So, Tim, thanks for joining us, and have an awesome yeah. weekend, my friend. You,
2: you too. too. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk next Tuesday. You got all it. All right.
3: So, Paul, my, my youngest and I were watching a promo for that Zac Efron movie, Firestarter, and Zac Efron was in High School Musical, like, I don't know, you know, 10 15 years ago that's sort of his breakout movie. Do you remember those movies? I was-
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.
2: It's
4: You are a fighter, Medella is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois.
1: No. Musical?
3: No. Okay, no. so it was a musical about kids and in high school, obviously, and it was great. And it was Zach was adorable, and he was a teenager. So she she looks at me, and she and she was a little baby when we were watching these. She goes, "Oh my gosh, Mom, Zach Efron's playing the dad now." And oh, that made me feel <laughs> uh-huh. I was like, "Oh my gosh. You're right. (laughs) It was just like,
5: yeah, growing up, it's fun.
3: And then Uh we Googled him and he's like 34 now, which is a legitimate dad, you know, but I was like, oh, my God, that totally made me
5: feel old. (laughs) Hey, oh, my deep, deep breath. Yes. Um, Hey, uh, the Twin Cities Auto Show kicks off tomorrow. When we come back, we talk to an executive at Volkswagen VW. They are all in. When it comes to electric vehicles, why, you might want to consider an EV down the road. Next. The Twin Cities Auto Show kicks off on Saturday at the Minnesota State Fairgrounds. 17 different electric vehicles, a number of hybrids, in addition to all the other vehicles, gas-powered vehicles, I am smitten by electric. To me, it seems like the future, and I had the chance to drive a number of these EVs in recent days. Joining us now is Hein Schaefer, Senior VP of Product and Strategy for VW for Volkswagen. Uh, good to have you with us, Hein.
4: Thank you, Paul. Good to be with you guys.
5: Yes. Um, so I drove the ID4 today. Uh, small SUV, crossover. What would you call it? Uh, it it's an amazing yeah, vehicle.
4: We we kind of classify it as a compact SUV. Um, I okay. I think when you get inside the vehicle and you really experience uh, particularly the, the, the legroom and I think the overall interior space, I would say it's pretty much comparable to our, our compact SUV, the gasoline-powered Tiguan. Um, so I would say in terms of space, comfort, and size, pretty much on par with Tiguan RAV4 CRV. Um, I think quite a generous trunk, too. Um, So we wanted to go after that market first. I think that market in a normal year, when we don't have semiconductor challenges, uh, is, is almost good for roughly 4 million cars in the U.S. car market. So that's why it was important to land our first real volume EV in what we would call the compact SUV space.
0: Yeah,
5: absolutely. I was very impressed. Very welcoming, very easy to drive, very comfortable, plush. To me, it seems like a lot of bang for the buck. Priced in the, what, mid forties, you get it pretty loaded and it goes, what, 220, 250 miles, uh, which could, uh, really help a lot of people with their daily commutes. That could be a daily driver. Um, tell us more about the ID4 and, and why you're putting so much emphasis on that.
4: Yeah, so I think you've kind of you've already touched on the point that I think it's it's reasonably accessible. I think also with the 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 optional, you know, the potential federal tax incentives which I think a lot of people could qualify for, you could then shave a further 7500, you know, off that price that you were just mentioning. Um and then of course, you know, it's a no compromise, what I would call a no compromise EV. I think m- maybe in the past, you know, cars had very low range charging infrastructure didn't exist you maybe compromise style and space a little bit if you were in an electric car um but now you've got a car that gives you the space um as you mentioned you know we now i think on some of our, our our high range vehicles are closer to 260 270 in terms of miles um, we do offer the car with a standard three-year uh, electrify america charge package and electrify america obviously is also branched out so a lot of charging station a lot of access to those charging stations um, so from that perspective, it becomes, I think, for somebody who's shopping a compact SUV, uh, all of a sudden a very attractive proposition. Um, we know, of course, gas prices have also escalated through the roof um, and, and the whole prospect of never having to visit a gas station to be able to charge at home yeah. um, with a with a home charger. Uh, and, and again, you know, a lot of people are not spending five days in the office anymore. So, you know, if you're commuting to office two days in a row, I find myself only charging my ID4 once you know maybe every 10 days um but it's really just literally as convenient as plugging your much like when you go to bed you plug your phone in uh it it, it works as simply as that i've got a wall box at home and i don't i don't ever have to see a gas station and then i mean as you've alluded to paul it's a fun to drive car uh they accelerate pretty quickly i mean the torque is pretty much instantaneous um they're very very smooth we wanted to make the id but the id4 very simple and easy to live with that's why it's so simple and easy to use. You jump in the car. As soon as your seat touches the bum, the ignition comes on. Uh, and then basically, you just toggle you know, the little control switch to drive and off you go. So it's a very easy car to live with on a day-to-day basis.
5: Yeah, no question about that. And to your point, I'd like to live in a world where I just don't care about the price of gas and it seems like that's that's the direction we're going what do you say to skeptics and look it's good to be skeptical a lot of people say ah it's still you know too expensive range anxiety not enough chargers you know people always look for the negatives and i i get that and some of them are legitimate but what do you say to people who say well i'm not there yet
4: I, I, I think we're also not naive. I mean, it is going to take the market a while to transition. Um, I think the latest developments has definitely meant that that transition is coming at us thicker and faster than we've ever imagined. So that's, that's very clear. Um, I would say probably that a lot of people that are buying that vehicle today are potentially still buying it as the second vehicle in the family. And I can still 100% understand that the primary vehicle could be a sized, gas-powered, family hauler. For those long trips, I mean, America is a vast country, uh, and and I can imagine that there's still a lot of people that would have a mid-sized gas-powered SUV um, uh, as their primary potential vacation car. The the charging infrastructure is increasing. The speed at which these cars charge is increasing, uh, and the efficiency of the battery and the range that we're able to get out of these cars is increasing. Uh, and we're going even a step further on the affordability path. We are localizing this car. We will very soon be churning them out in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And we're actually putting a slightly smaller battery version out to market, which will be available before the end of the year. And that's even going to be more affordable than our current entry-level price. So we're trying to take wow. that affordability step you know, up a notch. And, uh, you know, hope that ultimately when you look at our new entry car, you deduct the, the federal tax incentives and obviously also calculate your cost of ownership benefits. These vehicles require, you know, less maintenance. They don't require expensive gas. So once you look at that whole proposition, um, affordability is definitely going to continue to improve. Now, of course, I think we also all are aware that, you know, nickel, lithium, all these precious metals are also getting a little bit more expensive. So it's tough for all of us manufacturers Trying to keep the affordability even of the electric cars, uh, you know, down to a very low level. But, but definitely, I think the longer term uh, aspect is the battery is going to become more efficient. We're going to squeeze more range out of them. Um, affordability, I think, is going to improve. And, and, and I definitely think it's going to be the way of the future. And of course, yeah. I think hopefully, I mean, Ford has shown it with the F 150 Lightning. Eventually, we're going to have big cars in market that can do serious range. And with the increased charging speed, you're going to be able to pop into. Uh, a charge station on your way on your 10 hour journey and probably recuperate your battery in 15 20 minutes you know right
5: that's the that's that seems inevitable to me too just looking at the trends last question uh, my first vehicle sure. was a VW bug i loved that vehicle i bought it for 850 bucks i sold it 2 years later <laughs> for 850 bucks it was reliable it went in the snow it was great i have fond memories yep. too of the VW bus and I know uh, you've got the ID Buzz, which is an electrified version of the bus coming out, I think, what, next year? And then you've got the Scout, uh, which is an amazing vehicle, which is coming out as well. So you've got some cool stuff in the pipeline.
4: We do, we do. The uh, the ID Buzz, I think, in particular, is very exciting for us. I think you know that the old bus and the old, and the old Beetle, you know, it was very much at the core of our brand. It really created a lot of the brand love that we got way back in the 60s and the 70s. So we're very, very excited about reincarnating that vehicle. Um, you would have seen the the normal wheelbase, I think, that was shown in, in most of the reveal activities. The good news is that our US spec one uh, is also going to be pretty loaded. It's going to be a little bit longer than the one that's recently been revealed. Uh, it's definitely going to be a three-row vehicle, uh, and it's going to be a real iconic car, I think, something very unique in the yeah. market, something I honestly believe only Volkswagen can pull off, so we are super amped about that. And uh, and as you said, I think there are some more other EVs and exciting EVs that we've still got in the treasure chest that will will be announced in uh, in due course.
5: Very cool. Hein Schaefer, Senior VP, Product and Strategy for VW. We sure appreciate you joining us today on CCO. Be safe out there. Thank you for your time.
4: It was great chatting to you guys. Have a, have a great rest of the day.
5: I like that accent. South African accent. Hein Schaefer, very cool. And and that very VW cool. buses is, is sweet. That That's mm-hmm. coming out next year. Brings mm-hmm. back some good memories. Oh, yeah. Right.
3: A little throwback. When we get back, Mark Fry is going to join us from the newsroom. Really? Price gouging on baby formula? We already know it's in short supply. Let's hear from him next. We are having a baby formula shortage in this country. It is dangerous. It's making the baby sick. Women are cutting the baby formula in half so it lasts longer. It's a real problem. And now we're hearing about price gouging of baby formula in minnesota to add insult to injury Uh, mike mark fry is in the newsroom he's been covering this story mark this is this is horrible i can't believe that this is happening
6: well exactly right and i talked to attorney general keith ellison today who said his office so far has not received any reports about actual price gouging but he said those reports could be delayed just because it does take some time to field and collect sort of those results but Jordana and Paul good to be on with you by again by the way um the the issue is here in Minnesota there are no laws against price gouging so the state legislature has never what? passed a law about price what? gouging
5: Really That's crazy It's not illegal
6: how is Exactly that So we're one of 13 states in the entire United States who does not have a law It's not for a lack of trying the Minnesota House did pass a bill in March and there's a one in the Senate um that was uh, announced last year but That's as far as they've gotten. So pretty much they're stuck in the Senate right now trying to figure out how they can get this forward.
3: Well, is there any recourse, Mark? Like, if you, if a woman, is, or if a, I shouldn't just say women, men buy plenty of baby formula. I'm sorry, if a parent is going to yeah, buy sure. baby formula and they see that it's double, triple the price, I mean, is there any recourse? Can you complain to the retailer? Can you report them at all? What what, what
6: happens? So that's one of the uh, the tips that uh, Keith Ellison did say: if you do see outrageous prices, to give them a call. That's uh a number you can call the attorney general's office and they will field the call and one of the interesting things when the pandemic started governor walls did approve uh, an executive order to allow the attorney general's office to pursue and prosecute individuals uh price gouging you know right away we saw the bare shelves of toilet paper things like that and uh yeah. he was able to go after several people i think there was like 2300 complaints they prosecuted 9 those and a bunch of them did change their ways he said out of the 2300 but uh, after that executive order ended that pretty much took away those powers so it's just now up to the consumers to kind of report and uh, the attorney general's office does what they can but uh, until it's a state law that's just going to be continued to be an issue. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I,
5: I think most listeners understand supply and demand. If something is rare, the prices go up. But then there's predatory pricing, which is what we're seeing right now with, with baby formula. Uh, is there a number people can call if, if they see
6: price gouging? yeah that number is six five one two nine six thirty three fifty three and it 's really interesting if you read the legislation that 's out there at uh, lindsay port she 's a senator uh, that 's uh in this uh, obviously in the Senate trying to get her legislation forward and she said they want to do it so if it 's thirty percent above the regular price and sort of a natural disaster situation then that 's when the price gouging pursuit would take effect for prosecution but They still can't get it to get any traction. I mean, it's just been stuck in the Senate now for over a year. And that's I mean, between us, that's just kind of ridiculous to think about.
3: It's insane. Honestly, Mark, if if somebody is price gouging on baby formula, that is a surefire way to get you to go to hell when you leave this earth because you are a bad person. (laughs) I agree. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, yeah. You can't say anything about that Mark, but I'll I hold can. back. Yeah. <laughs> right? If you're price gouging baby formula or even toilet paper or hand sanitizer during a pandemic, drug prices, you you're going to hell. That's it. You're done. So, <laughs>
0: enough. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours